Hey there, Aligned You listeners. This is Dr. M here and welcome to our Aligned and Thriving season and series of interviews. I am super pumped to be sharing a series of stories and interviews with some amazing humans, people, some who I've admired from a distance for a long period of time, others who I know personally and call dear, dear friends and feel very privileged to do so. This series is designed to actually dive deeper into what allows them to truly live an aligned you and aligned you life and to be thriving, whether that's in their work life, their home life, or their play life. And working out truly, is there common themes or is everyone different? And we really do all reach our full potential in our own unique way. I'm your host, Dr. M, and you're listening to Aligned You, a podcast designed to assist you to truly be aligned through your body, head, and heart so you can reach your full potential in your own unique way. Hey there, Aligned You listeners, Dr. M here, and I am super excited for our next guest in our Aligned and Thriving interview series. This next guest is a dear friend of mine, and I'm super pumped to have had the opportunity to interview him. Marcus Pierce is a journalist by profession who cut his teeth in radio and TV alongside Australia's biggest names in sport and show business. Today, he's the director and CEO of The Wellness Couch, Australia's number one health and lifestyle podcast network with annual downloads in excess of 2 million and lifetime downloads exceeding 8 million downloads, folks. Yes, that's 8 million downloads and 8 million impacts around the world. His most popular podcast, 100 Not Out, comprises of hundreds of interviews with some of the world's happiest and longest-lived people. Each year, Marcus travels to a small Greek island of Ikleria, known as the island where people forget to die, which is where we were meant to be going this year. I was meant to be going on that particular trip before COVID-19 happened. Hey there, MP. Thank you so much for joining me today on Aligned You. I'm so excited to have you on today. We are certainly living in bizarre times. I think I think we best call the COVID nineteen elephant out in the room early today. How are uh, how are you travelling with changing lifestyle at the moment, my friend? Oh, Dr. M, great to be on your new revitalized podcast. Thanks so much for having me. Hello, listeners. It is an interesting time. Um, yes, it's bizarre and it's crazy. It's also very simple. I am enjoying the simplicity of these times. I'm enjoying. Um, just things like going for a walk. I can go to the beach where I live, which is a wonderful thing. Um, the kids, kids' background noise, I'm actually going all right with that too. I thought that would send me a little bit batty, but uh, I'm getting plenty of work done at home, uh, surprisingly. Um, as weird as it sounds, because I'm a raging extrovert, I am actually thriving in these times, and I didn't think I'd be saying that. Oh, I'm pleased to hear that, MP, and we might dive a little bit deeper into that over over our our conversation today. And for those listeners that perhaps haven't jumped on or you're just jumping on our interview series for the first time, the premise of this interview series is really to dive deeper into chatting with some people that I think are super successful across all areas of their life and whether that's business, family, personal life, how they play, uh, and really diving deeper into what makes that aligned for them. So I'm so pleased that we can talk today, MP, because you, I love how you live your life and some of the choices that you've made along the way. Uh, so probably need to, it's all right to tell people you live up in Byron Bay, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Thank, thank God, because I just did. Lucky. <laughs> <laughs> One of the best decisions I've ever made in my entire life. So which, tell, tell the which, world. Which I'd really love to actually talk, why don't we dive straight into it? How did the hell did you end up in Byron Bay? Because you're a Melbourne boy originally, right? Yes, well, we, let's give a bit of context. I wouldn't know you if it wasn't for my beautiful wife, Sarah, who is, did you know she's now, I can say, a retired Cairo because she she's didn't fully retired. her <gasps> wow. APRA registration. So wow. she can't 
I don't think I don't think she could legally be another the Cairo again without studying again or something anyway. But she'd probably so have to fill out some forms. She would have to fill out some forms. But It'd Sarah forms. Sarah and I had a chiropractic centre in a, in in Gippsland, Victoria. In Wonthaggy, we lived in Inverloch. I grew up in Templestowe in Melbourne. Sarah grew up in Traugan. We lived in Inverloch after uh, travelling the world together. We then had some children. We had wow, we had two when it all went pear shaped, and we've now got four. But it went pear shaped. <laughs> I'm not sure. You, a lot of people wouldn't say that was pear shaped. MP. No, no, it went pear shaped for Sarah because uh. she realised that she felt like uh, she was sucking at being a parent and sucking at being a Cairo because she didn't like. She's not an adrenaline junkie. She didn't like the balancing act of um, being a parent and being a Cairo. She's mm. like, her mantra was, I just want to be a mum. Like, I love Cairo, but I don't love being a Cairo at this phase of my life. And so I was always, you know, my view of chiropractors was definitely a holier than now profession. And it was like, you never sell your practice. It's like, mm. you know, you've got this, and all health professionals, not just Cairo's, there's this, uh, obligation is probably the word but you feel this great connection to your patients practice members clients whatever you Mm. call them um so there was a real you know philosophical shift for a a year or two working out you know do we sell the practice and when sarah was in tears for the umpteenth time at night i was like right like this is not this is not how to live you know this is not what life's all about and so that kind of generated this conversation of of, of selling the practice, but we'd, we'd spent, it sounds ridiculous, but we'd spent one day in uh, Byron Bay uh, like years earlier and it was just one of those magical romantic days. You know when you're in the romantic phase of your relationship and you just have these magical days where everything flows, green lights, coffee on time, <laughs> best menu ever, <laughs> Two sunshine, doves flying behind you. Two doves flying. We just had one of those days in Byron. So we actually thought, well, why don't we go on this adventure this reconnaissance on the east coast was going to be between byron and noosa and figure out if we did want to live out of victoria uh would it would it happen and um cut a long story short we came up we had a few other two doves flying moments had a few moments where we thought it was just <laughs> glad not a pigeon happen. didn't shit on you at any point <laughs> <laughs> we did we had although, a few of those although, moments although appara- apparently that's that's uh good that's luck good on your wedding day isn't it yeah all that stuff but you know we did have a few moments where it was like oh my gosh what are we doing but um Again, don't want to bore the listeners, but we did go all in, sold the practice, moved up here. Um, what was the time frame for that MP from decision to go to when you oh, box, we moved moving boxes here. were moving? Okay, so we moved up here April 2014. Wow, has it been that long? Holy cow. Yeah, we sold the practice in, uh, I think we settled July 2013. Yeah. So what's that, 10 months before we, we, we sold the practice then? We probably put it on the market. It was relatively quick. We probably put it on the market two months before then, inside the beginning of May, and we probably made the decision March or April That's cool. 2013. The reason yeah. why I ask you about timeframes is I often talk about it, and I've, as you know, um, is that uh, when I make decisions, things tend to align quite quickly. Um, mm. And it's amazing when we are in aligned and we're on the right path how quickly it can all happen. And some other time I've found, and I'd love you to speak to it, whether you see other people's heads spinning at the pace oh, at which you can this. move. No, I love this conversation and I'm so glad you bring it up because not many people talk about it. I definitely believe that when you are aligned, as you would call it, and I love the name of your podcast, Aligned you, you, when you are aligned, there is a level of effortlessness that mm-hmm. happens. However, and, and but or whatever word you put in, is that there are also 
uh, challenges that come along the way. <laughs> oh, yes, there is. <laughs> yeah, and, and, and some people are in the school of thought where it's like, oh, well, that's just a sign that it's not meant, meant to be. Mm-mm. And that's where I go, no, 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 no. That's the sign that wants to test you out how mm-hmm. badly do you, do you really want it. So I know when we moved up here, um, we, 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 Sarah and I flew up one day to check out like six houses for rent. We had this romantic notion like so many people do to live up here that we would live actually in the town of Byron Bay because as a tourist, you only think of Byron Bay. You don't think of Brunswick Heads and Suffolk Park and Ocean Shores and Mullumbimby and South Golden Beach. I feel South like you're Golden swearing Beach at me right and... now. <laughs> what what, are, the, what exactly. are all these strange They're, words These are speaking. all of the residents. These are where a lot of the residents live, you know, like 10, 15-minute drives outside of Byron Bay. And we were like, oh, no, we won't live in Ocean Shores or we won't live in whatever. It's like we didn't know what they were. And so when we moved up, when we came to look for a house, uh, all of the rentals were not appropriate and Sarah was in tears. I still remember we were in an Airbnb in Suffolk Park. Sarah was in tears going, how are we going to move up here? We can't find a house to live in. And, you know, and it's like so I think when you make the decision, I think the doors open but mm. don't be discouraged when things go a little bit pear-shaped. You have to have a challenge like particularly oh. when you're trying to live your aligned life. It's not meant to be easy. Well, I think there can be an ease to it, uh, but there's, there's definitely, and the listeners have heard many challenges that I've had over the years, but mm-hmm. particularly when I moved back to Sydney last year, which literally happened within, well, I'd signed at least within 10 days of deciding I was moving back and then I needed six weeks to sort things out down the coast. Um, but that section fell into place very easily. There were many other challenges but because every, the initial decision was so easy, the other challenges, I just had an internal unwavering belief that it would work itself out and it yeah. did every time, sometimes on at the 12th hour, but it always worked itself out. And I think as you talk about this, you talk about the decision, the decision when you make the, deci- when you make the decision, things can happen quickly. But then I also think if we change the subject to say professional development and how your you know, career grows or even use how your family grows, that in my mind, is a relatively slow process. I'm big on seven-year cycles and the unfolding of life over those, you know, 2,000-plus days. Mm. That's a whole different kettle of fish. But the decision, you know, at the beginning of, of, of day zero or day one, which may have been brewing for 10 days, six weeks, six months, you know, that decision doesn't take long. But um, I do think that when you make a decision that is very aligned with you that, and I don't know if it's that things happen quickly. It's either you see things more quickly. I'm not sure how you would define it, but your eyes are open and you're getting a lot of feedback when your eyes are open. Definitely, definitely. And so once you got up to Byron, so what, I mean, from a business point of view is how much did that change for you guys? Oh, massive. So Share, share with us the yeah, listeners a little I'll bit about you. what it is that you do. I've obviously yeah. shared a bit in the bio, but I'd love, I'd love you to uh, describe to everybody what you do. Yeah, no worries. So I'll, I'll tell you what I do through the story. So uh, we came up to Byron with 20 grand cash yep. and we'd sold the practice, cleared debts, all the rest of it. Um, I, had, I, had a, I, had a, I had some income from um, the, the, the company that bought our chiropractic uh, centre as their practice manager or, or what would you call it, um, area manager or anyway, I forget the term it was. But um, I got to a point where I had... I had developed my exceptional life blueprint. So to give some context, I host a podcast called 100 Not Out, interview people from all walks of life that have born a better term, graceful ages, whether it's Holocaust survivors that have lived to 100 or a 68-year-old psychologist who's scaled Everest or an 84-year-old nun who's an iron woman triathlete um, or a 93-year-old bodybuilder, whoever it is. Um, 
and I developed this this philosophy of how to live and I call it this exceptional life blueprint. I'd probably developed that in my mind in about 2012, 13, but it wasn't until we had, I knew in my mind, we had six weeks of living expenses in the bank mm-hmm. until I, and I knew that this was coming. I'd known for years that this moment was coming where I'd make this shift from um, sports media because I spent seven, my first seven years in my career as a journalist, TV uh, and radio producer, then went into chiropractic and wellness and then knew the next phase of that would be what I just call personal growth media. And I knew I had six weeks of cash in the bank and I knew it was time to unleash this philosophy on the world. Um, and I'm an urgency addict. I love a deadline. Radio is my favorite medium because it's so live. And so <laughs> you're urgent, even in the way you speak, MP. I love oh, you. <laughs> so too fast, isn't it? Apologies for the people that can't keep up. Um, so I just I re- need to listen faster, MP. You listen fast, sleep faster, as sleep. Schwarzenegger would say. <laughs> sleep faster, listen faster. <laughs> oh dear. But um, so I then recorded my philosophy foundations over three or four videos. Opened up, you know, um, registration for an online program which I was yet to create. Love and it. and sold, I think it was, I just say it was 40 grand. I'm pretty sure I sold 40 grand worth of product, worth of online programs. And um, I still I had a high, high amount of affiliate fees to pay. I don't want to get to business for, you, for the people that don't care about this type of stuff. But it was a real reminder. No, it wasn't a reminder. It was um, confirmation that my message was a worthy message for humanity. And that then laid the foundation for our lifestyle up here. I really didn't want Sarah to work. The whole idea was that working as a Cairo was just stressful for Sarah. She did a couple of locums up here and that was stressful enough, just having Mm. to rush out the door and me with the kids and Sarah coming back and how to manage that. And just, it wasn't the type of lifestyle that we wanted. Some people love it, but it just wasn't for us. And so it's been a really healthy pressure, one that I thrive on to be the quote unquote breadwinner in the family. Uh, But, you know, without sounding controversial, I still believe Sarah's work is far more valuable to the world than mine because she's busy right now raising four uh, incredible human beings. Um, And I love sharing my message, which I think is incredibly powerful on humanity. But I think we don't, I don't think we talk enough about the value of raising human beings. It's it's a priceless, um, priceless work. Absolutely. And I, I mean, one of the, um, we'll dive into it straight away, is that one of the things you touched on earlier was around the choices and values that you guys decided about in terms of what was Sarah's highest value from whether she still wanted to be practicing as a chiropractor or whether she wanted to be totally dedicated to being a full-time mum, which is, as as you said, is I think in these times people are probably gathering a whole new level of uh, <laughs> <laughs> respect for it, right? Um, not not every not every mum is designed to be at home full time with exactly. their kids, and they're thrown exactly. into it because they're actually going to be a better mum if they're thriving elsewhere, and then they can give their kids. It comes down into our own values, right? And you and I talk about this all the time off mm-hmm. off air. Is what's your highest value, and how can you then be your best person expressing that? And I love that you guys were. Able able to make those choices that allow you both to be able to shine in that area. That's super cool. You know, the elephant in the room on that though is the, I don't know what you think about this, but it's the, um, it's, it's, so in our situation as a marriage, uh, for me, the big thing was, and, and I learned this the hard way at, uh, John Martini's breakthrough experience was not expecting Sarah to change. I used to think with my male brain, it's like, babe, why can't you just switch off from the kids? Like walk through the door at the practice, switch off from mum life and switch on to Cairo for three hours. And she's like, that's not how the female brain 
operates. Well, it's like, not how perhaps her female brain operates. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> to that, be that, fair, but that's you know, I'm just talking in our you know in our conversation. Yes, hundred uh, percent. It's like the whole not every not every mum is going to be a full time or whatever you call it. Um, but it, my big learning was Sarah is Sarah. Sarah is yeah. not. Sarah's not me. Sarah's not the mum that wants to work and be at home. Sarah is Sarah. Stop trying to put her into a box. Stop trying to prototype her or stereotype her or whatever you want to call it. Um, allow, and, 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 and I think that's the word, is allow Sarah to be her and stop trying or wishing that she was someone else. And I think that is a big challenge for all of us, whether it's we want our kids to love what we love or our spouse to eat the way that we eat or our boss to respect our you know I don't know whatever whatever our choices are that's a that's a real black hole in in relationships that a lot of people um don't really know how to navigate and that's why I say like moving up here was the best decision I've ever made in my whole life because it was really a reflection on some of the bigger awakenings that I'd had and that was you know not just self-acceptance because that's I think a lot Mm. easier than actually accepting others for who they are particularly when they're so different like I could think of personally I could think of nothing worse than being with the kids all day I'd be the worst human being ever like I'm just not that guy and 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 credit to all of the dads that are stay-at-home dads but humanity does not want me to be a stay-at-home dad it's not personal to all of the stay-at-home dads it's me that's not me it's not like, how you I'm function a, best right good, but you're very you're actually very hands-on in many respects yeah and I know but like I'm a really good two hour at a time dad I'm really good for two hours, four hours, it's borderline. Just, it's it's about to tip. Know, that's not Instagram worthy. So <laughs> I love it. Well, I think you touched on something interesting. You said it's not it's not as hard, but I think for some people it actually is, and it's also the elephant in the room is actually, and it comes into becoming your aligned you is actually accepting you yourself for exactly who you are and and what's and all whether it's that you fit in or you fit out or just creating a whole new status quo for yourself mm. um i think there's a lot of people that still are trying to live up to what other people expect them to be doing well that is you know this would be a i think she would be a great guest uh without telling you who to interview but Bronnie ware <laughs> and the top five regrets of the dying only the fastest translated book in hay house history uh lays the number one regret as i wish i hadn't lived my life according to the expectation of other people like that's the number one regret of human beings because they mm. live their life according to someone else's script rather than their own i'm like Poor. so what have you done recently that you would say is that is gone against what somebody else's script has written for you does that make sense so or at what point did you go screw anybody else's script Oh, gee, good question. Well, I, I like know, and I know, I was only actually. asked this. <laughs> I was only asked this um, yesterday, and I know I've been. Oh, asked the same it. question, off bugger. No, it. no, no. It's it, this is this is a. I think this is the best answer I can give to your question. So, in my sports media days, I was, and I don't say this in an egotistical way, but I was seen as a quote unquote young achiever. I was a producer of a radio show in my own right. I then worked at Channel 9's The Footy Show as an associate producer. So I don't know if you call that 2IC, but, you know, I was 22 or 23. You're a Um, mover and a shaker. Well, I think I was on that corporate ladder in TV land and maybe I'd climbed a few rungs early. It doesn't matter, but I still have people to this day and I was interviewed by a schoolmate yesterday. Like we've known each other for 20-odd years. And he said, do you regret, um, do you regret, you know, leaving the media you know, when you did, because you were, you could have been anything, you know, you could have been the next Eddie Maguire or Bruce McAvaney or whatever. And I was like, no, no, no. Like, because I get asked that question because people think that I like let it all go. 
but I see that I apply all of my skills and the learnings from those seven years in the media to my personal growth media. Live events mm-hmm. are just like live TV. Podcasting is just like radio. Blogs is just like print. Um, so I see myself just building on that rather than, you know, I don't regret. But I feel like for me that was a fork in the road when I was like, I'm going to leave the sports media regardless of what my mum thinks or my dad thinks or my friends think or my colleagues think. I'm leaving the sports media and transitioning to personal growth, health and wellness media. And Did you cop was, crap from people back then? I think behind my back. Right, not to your face. I, I think because I'm a bit of a Leo, selfish first child, powerful personality as Kim Morrison would call it. Um, I don't. I think I get a lot of. I think just. I don't know about you, but I think people talk about me a lot behind my back, only because it would feel so awkward to bring it up. Even though I'd be more than happy to talk about it, you know. <laughs> but um, I just don't think I come across as a kind of guy that people would tell me what they really think. I'd love them to, but I think, and I don't say this in a in a negative way, but I just think some people find. Can I say this? I feel like some people find me a bit intimidating, but not in a way. I'm not saying that egoic. It's just I am a. I'm a. I'm just a extroverted you know kind of guy that's why i love our friendship because i feel like you maria would happily tell me <laughs> who doesn't tell where you what you stand. they're thinking i tell you all the time you know, my best friends <laughs> my best friends do yeah but it's like you know that's why i love my our peaceful I friends my yeah that's why friends. i love our friendship because we can tell each other where it's at which is and i it, want to know where people stand if I, I can feel it if i can feel it in someone i'm like why aren't you telling me? Tell me, tell me, <laughs> you know, but you know, not everyone does it. I also think that's an important part of being in when we're talking about alignment and, and really try, finding our true self and accepting ourselves truly is also who we surround ourselves with, right? Oh, is, that's massive. Is that we're, you know, what's the saying? I always get it muddled. You'll get it right around the five people we surround ourselves with. Oh, um, I just go, well, you're the average of the five people you spend your thank time you. with. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I think it's it's so important that we're we're hanging out with people that will celebrate our wins but also give us our truth bombs when we need them as well. Yeah, 100%. And, and the truth bombs are the thing that hold a lot of people back in the quality of their friendship. So I kind of, my mantra is you become who you hang around, so dot, 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 who are you hanging around? Yeah. And most people are hanging around people that, you know, I don't want to say build them up because I know a lot of people are in toxic friendships where they actually get, um, what's the opposite of that, like, you're oh, not what's it? Well, tear shreds off them, but yeah, you know. I think that's a difference between blowing sunshine, yeah, or celebrating wins. A lot of friends don't. A lot of people don't have friends that celebrate their wins. Like a lot of people don't have friends that say, "Good on you for going for that job interview," or "Good on you for good on going you for on packing diet. up your life in Victoria and moving thousands of kilometers north." Yeah, because then you know the question is, it's not passive aggressive, but it's like, do you think you'll move back? Yeah. What am and I, I missing out? What am the... I missing out on? Or why do you get to be brave? Why do you get to do that? Oh yeah, lucky. You're so lucky, Maria, that you moved to Sydney from <laughs> Wollongong. I wish I could do that. Yeah. <laughs> oh look, it's it's fascinating. And and look, as as we spoke about earlier, when these sorts of decisions, my great mate Pauline Nguyen says is never underestimate the power of a decision, is once a decision's made, as you said, this is not, whilst I would like to think it happened with a sense of ease, it doesn't mean there weren't times that I was rocking slight, somewhat in the corner oh. going, how the F is this all going to come together? I know it's going to come together, but yeah. right in this second, I 
just don't know how and, and please, please, universe, give me a sign of how it's meant to come together and mm. it always came through. But I think that people like most things, it's, it's a bit like one of your beautiful events that you run, which, you know, I've had the pleasure and of being and was part of the Wellness Couch family for quite a few years and I'm so blessed to have been able to do that and to be able to speak at the Wellness Summit is, you know, your events on the outside are seamless. Anybody who was a, a participant or a, a guest or an attendee would not have known the running around that goes on behind the scenes to make that all look so goddamn good. Yeah. Um, and I think that's something that happens uh, quite regularly for people is it's that observation of, oh, your life looks so beautiful on the outside, what the hell's, you know, then there's an underestimation of perhaps what's going on in the inside, which is part of why... I thought that this particular interview series and why I'm so pumped to be talking to different people to get their take on, well, how do you keep it all together or aligned as all of that, whilst there's just powerful decisions being made, when the challenges pop up, what are some of the techniques that you use, MP, to keep it all together? Oh, great question. I swear to God, these are some of the best questions I've been oh, asked stop in it. a long time. Um, as you were talking, I was like, that is actually what I think is great if you do social media well. TV is so fabricated. You don't see what's happening on the other side. Like you mentioned all of the stuff going on behind the scenes. It's all happening particularly with live TV. Mm. It's all crazy behind the scenes but you never see it. With social media, the best thing is if it's done well, you can show people behind the scenes and, and, and see where it's pear-shaped. I think for me, when things are feeling somewhat pear-shaped, I'm not one to worry. I don't know if it's because... I read how to stop worrying and start living um, or <laughs> I don't know if it's just my nature or if it's learnt behaviour um, but even this corona crisis where, you know, all of my events are either cancelled or postponed um, and, you know, and, and essentially 98% of my income comes from events, I haven't lost a, a wink of income. Oh, a wink of income. I've lost a lot of income. I haven't, mm. I haven't lost a wink of sleep about money because I just – I don't know if it's because I'm obsessed with, you know, Holocaust survivors and people that have had a shockingly challenging life that you get this uh, what I call gratitude from contrast. Mm. But I tend to feel like my go-to when times are tough is just learning or being around and that can be reading books, watching movies, listening to podcasts about people that have just got tough lives like Nick Vujicic, no arms, no legs. I've got a book on here, The Note Through the Wire, which is – a war story, a war love story. I am Malala, Malala Yousafzai, you know, shot through the head. Um, a Garden of Eden in Hell, uh, Alice Hurt Sommer, the oldest survivor of the Holocaust. I mean, this corona crisis is nothing compared mm. to being shot in the head or being stuck in a concentration camp. Um, so I feel like that for me is it probably is my go-to when I think about it. And then I probably try and condition that philosophy by just – being around people that I love, like good phone calls, spending time with Sarah with a cup of tea on the couch, no Netflix, no phones, just talking. It could be talking big or little stuff. Spending time with the kids, going to the beach, being in nature. They all sound so simple, but I feel like, and again, they're all different for all of us. I'm not one to meditate. I feel like I would hopefully what Kale Brock calls live meditatively. I feel like that's me. I'll go for a walk without my phone and just listen to the birds and just see where it goes but I'm not one to sit in a corner and chant or be quiet but um doesn't mean I don't love going to the beach and just listening to the waves but I don't see you know it as that's a meditation, meditation right? exactly that's what I mean but that's <laughs> I feel like meditation has become I don't want to call it a status symbol it's a bit like becoming a yoga teacher I feel like um in the wellness movement it's become 
status symbol doesn't sound like the right word, but it was almost used to be like, are you paleo or have you gone gluten-free or wheat-free? It's like, well, who cares? Like I'm still a, I'm still a valuable, lovely, loving human being. Mm. Um, well, I think, I think there's a lot of people that like, it's, it's so interesting because one of the themes throughout um, everyone that I've spoken to and has interviewed to date, some form of mindfulness or meditation plays a part in their life. The definition of how they define it or how regularly they do it is different. And even um, how conscious they are of it. Some of absolutely. them wouldn't even know. Absolutely. And so it's, it's that, um, it's, it's, it's a bit like, and I do wear mala beads uh, and I have different crystals that I wear that I started wearing quite a few years ago and, and for specific purposes, but it's a bit like how they started popping up everywhere. Um, and then there's people that started wearing them and like, gee, you know, and you could, you could tell when somebody said, oh, and cause I actually really notice other people's stuff. Like I always notice when you've got new glasses or you've cut your hair differently as you would net well know. So yes. I pick up on those sorts of details. So I go, oh my God, those beads are amazing. What are they? And people go, oh, I don't know. I just thought they were really cool. Mm. I'm like, Okay, good. Um, yeah. And I think that sometimes that happens with meditation too is people are like, oh, yeah, I meditate. Wellness. And yeah. I'm like, oh, cool. So, like, what do you do? And they're like, oh, I just thought I had to say, <laughs> say that I did it, not actually give you any more depth. So yeah. it's, it's that surface level, right? And this is, um, and this is a curly one because I, I did a I, – I, I had a conversation about this the other day is we've become so ingrained into living other people's lives mm-hmm. that we're unconsciously – doing all of these things which we think is making us more conscious but we're actually really just copying what other people do to potentially give us a, a, a level of self-worth that we think we don't have and that we can't get unless we copy what someone else that we think we respect is doing. Mm. And I think that comes down to our own self-development, right? Like I have a, a fairly, well, actually it's, it's always improving, but I have a strong meditation practice that I really notice when we're talking about the impact of, of COVID-19 or Rona, as I like to call it, um, <laughs> is that particularly the first week is I noticed my energy dropped significantly. And part of why it dropped was particularly second week of lockdown in New South Wales, where we went from being able to socialise a little bit to nothing and not being able to sit in the parks that was massive for me because part of my uh, self-care practice is to sit in the park and ground. It's to go to the cliffs at Clovelly and ground onto the onto the cliffs. It's to go and meditate, watch sunrise. All the free stuff, nature's medicine that's amazing. It's a simple stuff that can make such a big difference in our vibration and our energy and mm. our overall alignment and doing it, as you mentioned, very consciously. Um, and sure, learning those techniques off other people but doing it because I, I know the impact that it has on me is when that was taken away, it was amazing how quickly I went back into old shitty thoughts uh, and yes. it's took me a few days to go, what the hell's going on? Wanting to go back to bed at 11 o'clock in the morning, like this is unheard of. And going, what the hell's just happened? It's like all these simple things that helped me stay aligned had dropped off because I technically wasn't allowed to do them and took me a few days to grab my mojo back and go, oh, my God, okay, so how can I do them? How can I rejig this so that I'm back on track because this sucks and I don't want to go back here? But I love that you're admitting, and I spoke about this a little bit, but I love that you're admitting that there needed to be for everyone somewhat of a grieving process for the life that they lived, which was a transition into the adjusted life that we all had to find a way through because listening to you now you've well and truly adjusted but I don't think we can avoid the fact that we're emotional human beings that have values and tendencies and desires and preferences and when a lot of them get taken away unless you love going to Bunnings and you're free to go there uh, if you can't meditate where you love to or do certain things or the rest of it you're allowed to 
wallow. It's 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 more how long do you spend there? And it sounds to me like you didn't spend very long there. You readjusted relatively quickly, and away you go. Absolutely, and I th- and I think that's one of the keys that becomes very um, that these are some of the themes that are coming out more and more is that the quicker that we can that self awareness piece of how well we know ourselves and our our self acceptance of going oh um, no that's old there are old stories that are popping up mm. I haven't haven't heard that story in my head for a long time where's that from oh okay because of X Y Z and I'd gone through pre Rona, which the um, Aligned You listeners have heard me talk about, I went through a massive change and, and transition from selling my chiropractic practice. I wholeheartedly understand the, the the tear and the grieving process of leaving a practice you've been in for a long time because mm. my clients were my family. I yep. considered them to be family, energetically particularly. And so breaking some of those energetic connections were huge. And then on top of that, then my entire lifestyle literally changed overnight going, oh, I can't hug my friends. And as you know, MP, I like a good hug. Yep. And so it's, it's, it's such a big shift. It's, it's fascinating. So I, I love that you're sharing that, that nature side of things because I think sometimes people just overcomplicate it in general. And if it's walking around in the grass or sitting under a tree and gathering the wisdom from a tree and just looking at it, um, it's amazing what an impact it can have of giving you some perspective, right? Because that's what I'm hearing you talk about. It's getting that perspective of where I am right now ain't that bad and I've got a lot to be grateful for, even though, and you, I mean, you've, you glazed over it. Not, listeners, in case you missed it, because of COVID, MP, you've lost 98% of your income that was meant to be coming in this year. Like that's not small for a lot of people. They'd be going, oh, for fuck's sake, are you kidding? But I love your attitude around it of like it will figure itself out. Oh, well, I just, again, I just, I'm not dying. <laughs> exactly. You know, it's like, um, so, yeah, but anyway, I appreciate that. But, yeah, it's not a, again, it's, I don't want to sound like I'm making a big thing small, but it's just, it's not a thing, you know. Mm-hmm. Like I'm adjusting. What I've learned is that I haven't, I haven't, I used to have a, a drive a lot of my income online, Um with exceptional life blueprint online programs. And I was like, no, I'm sick of online. I'm an extrovert. I'm just going to get on stage and run events. And I did that for three or four years and I'll continue to do it. Mm -hmm. But this has really taught me that I need a more holistic business setup. Like it's blindingly obvious. And now I'm thoroughly enjoying the learning process of digital marketing and creating campaigns and uh, what what I haven't been doing. And I said to Sarah last night, I'm, I'm enjoying it because I feel like it's a second coming in that I, I was doing this so much 2014, 15, 16. And now I'm like, I'm going to do this like 2.0, like so much better that I, not, not so that I never have to do it again, but having the gap and, and having Rona, as you call her, has <laughs> <laughs> really taught me um, that people crave digital connection. And I have ignored that. I have ignored that. I have just connected with people in the geographical location that I am. And yes, I've had a podcast for years and blah, 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 but this is, it's different. Doing social media and email relationship building um, is different and I've ignored it. And, uh, and Rona has, has reminded me um, quite firmly to um, relate again to people. So, you know, it's good. Well, I love it. And I, I think one thing that we can all perhaps agree to, and it's certainly, and if people are hearing us being, uh, 
I suppose, humorous about Rona or COVID-19, it's because for me, that's how I look at, well, what, uh, so uh, to give context at the time of when we're recording, I have not been in practice for a month because of Rona. Um, Not because, not because I can't practice, but because when I was meant to start practicing as allied health in, in New South Wales, we're certainly still allowed to, but just the timing of it, literally I had my first sick day in 14 years because I had a runny nose the day I was meant to start practice in Alexandria. I had some sinus. It wasn't, it wasn't Rona. Um, and then it just, it meant that I just sat back and went, you know what, I just don't feel like, like it's the right time to, to get started. So I've had no income for the last four weeks. Um, and it's, it's not, I'm, I'm very blessed that that was okay for those four weeks, but I, you know, that can't yeah. go on forever. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. If Rona goes on for a lot longer, I don't know how <laughs> flippant and unflappable I might be about it all, but <laughs> <laughs> right, right now, so it's it's that moment of going whilst we're whilst we're you know we're being humorous with it. It's because if we can find, I, I suppose what I'm I'm attempting to say in a very long winded way, if we can find the the opportunities and the gratitude in situations as shit as they might be, we've got a choice, right? We can either sit in the shit of it, or as yeah. a shit sandwich, as you like to call it, or yeah. we can go well out of this circumstance. You know, you talk so beautifully about your gorgeous family um, and about where you live and your opportunities that you still have available to you but you know Rona is an opportunity for a reset and a balance I think so many people that I speak to that's one of the things that they notice is whether it's they've they've pendulum swung to the point of where they were so busy that the forced slowdown has served them very well it might have highlighted areas of their life whether that's relationships with their spouses with their kids that whether they either like, oh, my God, I'm so grateful for it or, oh, my God, I've got to get out of this. I think it's yeah. really highlighted the, you know, that polarity within households of, oh, my God, we were avoiding each other because we probably didn't want to be together anymore. Yeah, because and now we're spending all this time together and we just cannot be around each other. Yeah, or the flip side to that is, oh, my God, I'm so like people are falling more in love than ever. I don't think many people probably are sitting in the middle in essence. Um, and so I find that that's fascinating from that balance when, and we've spoken about this and certainly I've heard you speaking about it at length before, if we pendulum swing so far up one end that we go so far back down the other end, hopefully we land in the middle. And that sounds like what you're describing, even from a business point of view of yeah. going so far down one path to going, okay, well, I've, I've now, I've lost that beautiful blend and balance that you perhaps had, or you perhaps never had because you're all eggs in one basket. Whereas how do, and I've certainly looked at that from my, my business structure and where do I want to put my energy? And one of the best things that I've really enjoyed about having these four weeks off is I've fallen back in love with practicing chiropractic as well. Good on you. Cause you've missed it. I've missed it, yeah. which I hadn't had a holiday in 10 years. It was hard to miss something you hadn't actually had a break from yeah. um, in such a long time. So it's, it's, fascinating it's fascinating is there anything else that you do mp that we haven't touched on already that you find really assists you in staying aligned um well i'm I'm, so i used to have about 27 uh wellness rituals in the morning uh definitely pre-kids you know meditation and gratitude and yoga and walking and breath work and green juices and And hardcore veganism oh hardcore raging veganism um (laughs) he's not that anymore folks i was a good six or seven years poor daughter may i was uh vegan for the first couple years of her life she had that much quinoa and kale it wasn't funny but um for me it's exercise in the morning yeah. So Corona or Rona has been really good for just, I'm just doing a 30-day challenge, a combo of squats and lunges and push-ups and planks and a bit of rehab stuff. And I'm just loving the, the I'm just loving that process of, I don't know, I don't know what it is about the quiet of the mornings. 
at the moment, but it just does it just seem more quiet? <laughs> I live in a very quiet little town, but it still seems so quiet in the mornings. Oh, it's very um, quiet compared to what it used to be. Yeah. So I just I just move. My only morning ritual is to move. And then I have others, but they're just more like I'm a you know savory breakfast with the kids. I cook the breakfast. We have some good family time over breakfast. Um, I really am big on setting up your day well. Um, Sarah, like thankfully, does have no ambition to get up in the morning and go straight into morning rituals. Whereas I, I my mantra is there's no place like out. I just want to be up out. I don't want to be like helping kids get snacks together or whatever. I just want to get up and move my body. Yeah. And I do that for 30 or 40 minutes and then and then swap and then Sebe goes down the beach and kumbayas to the world and comes back awake for the day and that's just fabulous. Um, but I just that I just, I'm a one-trick pony now. If I can move in the morning, it. it's going to be a great day. I used to have a 10-point plan and I'd fail every day. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? And I love I – love- I love our conversations, MP. Seriously, <laughs> listeners, we could talk all bloody day. We <laughs> won't, but we could talk all day. Um, uh, look, and as you well know, is my I used to overcomplicate most things in my life. The, the simpler we can keep If you it, haven't the done that in your life, you haven't truly lived. No, you haven't you given have a red hot You haven't given I, Well, I don't think you've given personal development a good red hot crack. <laughs> 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 complicated. <laughs> Would you not agree? How well, many we se- could have a great many, conversation about how that. How many seminars have you come back from? Oh. With a freaking binder the size of God knows what, <laughs> more in peace, and you're like, and I've got to implement all of that tomorrow, and God damn it, oh, I gave I it a red I still can't throw go. them out. I literally have a box of them in front of me right now, and I can't bring myself to throw them out. There's too many good <laughs> memories and aha moments that were never implemented sitting in there. But what I love is through all of that is that what you've learned, and, and you're right, I 100% agree. You kind of have to go through it, not necessarily what we're talking about in terms of, uh, and we, well, you, you and I both have spent, tens of thousands if not hundreds of thousands of dollars on our personal yep. development um when everyone was buying houses we were buying we were, we were buying our brains yeah. um it pretty much and so what is fascinating with that though is whilst we're not suggesting listeners you need to spend hundreds of thousands of dollars on your personal development this is all pre-podcast too folks what we were doing yes. this a lot of this information yeah. is available yeah, free, free now that we invest in. online programs <laughs> webinars podcasts blogs but, but what i lo- what i love what i love through all of that investment is that what we came out the other side with is we need to keep it simple. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> it's a very expensive uh, lesson to learn, isn't well, it? Wasn't it? I'd just go for a run. <laughs> I'd just go Honestly, and I'd go and sit uh, in the park. That's you are just awkwardly you are awkwardly truthful right now. <laughs> it is just embarrassingly clear how true what you're saying is. But, you know, and knowing how both of our brains work, we would never have believed it had anybody just said go sit in the park. We'd have gone, no, can't be that easy. Whilst most people wear it as a source of pride and ego at how much money they spend on personal growth, we're going, well, now that you put it like that, I'm I'm pretty much on track. Okay. Yeah, no, I'm good. I feel like I've got my return. Uh, Don't get me wrong. We're being being a little facetious. But in saying that is a lot of it, I mean, as you're learning some of these things and throughout the whole podcast, as I often say, if it resonates, awesome. If it doesn't resonate for you, I'm not telling you you have to do anything we're talking about. We've, we've spent a lot of time, energy and money on figuring out what works for us. And so mm. I suppose it gives us a space to be able to play around with a little bit of, and to be playful with it as well. Can as I say, say one thing on this? Please. Because it's, it's only, I've only expressed it in the last four or five days is not enough of us when we're learning, I won't speak for you, but 
I was in talking to people the other day going, when you're going through all this personal growth stuff, write down what you disagree or what you will not implement when you get home mm. that they're telling you to. Because we always leave personal growth, whether it's listening to a podcast or going to an event, with 400 things we're going to do. But I'm sure we're better off scribbling out 80% of those things are going, nah, other people can do that. That's, that's just not my game. And I feel like that's what we learn five, ten years later going, why was I barking up that tree? Because that's just not the game I was going to ever play. Well, this comes back to the value alignment, right, of actually figuring out, well, what, how does that sit for me? The self-awareness of is, as we've spoken about throughout our conversation today, is am I actually living somebody else's script or am I writing my own? And does that, yeah. does that part of the story that I've been taught, sold, whatever word you want to use, does that fit in my script? And it well might, or it might be something you want to test out for a bit and then you go, mm, no, nah, doesn't work. Yeah. Um, or it works for someone else. It's not, it doesn't float my boat and that is totally cool. Um, oh, MP, we really could talk all bloody day, couldn't we? I'll be but- quiet because I know you've got to you wrap it up. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I'm sure I might be able to convince you to have have you on again because I miss not being able to do our live events together. Yes. Um, Let's talk more often. I'll interview you on your exceptional life. We'll have another chat on here. Yeah, we'll just, it'll be a regular, you know, perhaps we'll chat. We always do. Um, Before I digress and get completely off track, we are going to finish with your top five to wind it up today, MP. So what is getting played on high rotation at the moment? Well, I have a playlist on Spotify called MP All-Time Faves. It's the <laughs> Can we search of, it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you just okay. MP All-Time Faves, I don't think it has any followers because it's just my list, Ooh, but it's definitely right searchable. But um, I've never told anyone this, but it's got all my favourites. My, I am still obsessed with uh, Les Mis, Les Mis Ooh. at Arbla. Oh, you don't I play, you, you, you like a theme song. Oh, yeah. See, some people hate like cinematic. I love Anyway, so if you've read the book or you've watched the play or you've watched the movie, Hugh Jackman, Anne Hathaway, Russell Crowe, they sang, they did the whole movie live. So all of the singing, it's not in a studio, it's live. Anyway, so I play a lot of Les Mis. I still love anything Hans Zimmer, like cinematic music. My favourite electro jazz band is called Caravan Palace. So if you love jazz but then you also grew up loving dance music, electro jazz is your game. Um, okay, it, anyway. was just one, it was just one song, MP. No, okay. Uh, let's say, um, <laughs> like, I, if we're just going to say one song. Um, he was, oh. he, he was, he actually was prepared with these questions. One, no, no, no. When you said playlist on rotation, I'm like, oh, I've got so many no, songs just, in there. All right, One Day More, oh, Lame Is. Yeah, One Day More. Cool. It's just, it's a spine tingler. What book are you reading at the moment? Um, I've been doing some business books. Is that a bit boring? No. All right, so Thought Leaders Practice, probably for the fourth time by Matt Church. Um, great book if you want to be in this space of sharing your message. Uh, that was recommended many years ago by Damien Christoph and Lawrence Tam. There you go. Like 20, 2013. Um, note, the Note Through the Wire, if you want a Holocaust book, just finished reading that. Um, let's go with those two. Okay, cool. Uh, I think we've spoken a lot about what you've align, done to align this week, but is there something that stands out for you that you've um, been a bit out of the box, a bit no, different? You know, went- this, yeah, this is going to sound really really just a bit silly, but I'm a big believer of doing like eating your frog, as Brian Tracy would say, like doing the most important, unurgent work at the beginning of the day. And for me, that's writing my book. I've nearly yeah, finished no, it and I, I feel so aligned and, and de-stressed when I get to – 
when I've done two or three hours of writing because I'm so close to the end, I get to lunchtime and I'm like, oh, the rest of the day is a bonus. Like oh, it just, nice. And it literally feels like that. Having this interview with you, it started at one o'clock. I've done my book writing for the day. It's just like, oh, that sense of not just achievement but alignment. It's like I've done what I'm most aligned to be doing at this point of my life already in the first half of the day. Um, yeah, that's a big one. Favourite quote? Oh, too many. There are no mistakes. Done. I don't know who said <laughs> it, but there's just no mistakes. Don't ever think the world's good, bad, right, wrong. That's just all ego labelling. Yeah. There are no mistakes. And final thoughts for the Aligned You listeners, MP? Uh, it's a corny one-liner, but as I said to everyone, you know, the rest of your life, can and will be the best of your life if you have that attitude. Um, your, your life's not over when you turn 30 or 40 or 50. It's not all downhill from here. And it's, not uh, down, it's not all downhill even with Rona. And, and I know that there's people that are, are doing it super tough at the moment, but you've got, to, you've got to be looking for the light at the other side, right? Yeah. If, you, if you're doing it super tough, and this is going to sound brutal and what a brutal way to end the podcast, but it's when we're doing it super tough that have the grieving process, but then as you just spoke about with your own experience, then after the grieving process, have the attitude adjustment process. Mm. Because if you don't, you'll just be stuck in grief. And Elizabeth Kubler-Ross talks about the five stages of grief. Some call it seven, but you know, in just before there's acceptance, there's denial, there's bargaining there's anger but if you're still in denial or in anger or in bargaining or whatever you choose to be in um you're just stuck and until you get to acceptance you won't have that attitude adjustment and so i think it's a really important i think that's a really important final thought given that we're in the phase that we're in so mm. I yeah. love it, MP. Thank you so much for being on today. It's, it's a pleasure and oh, an honour. Always a pleasure to chat to you. We might release some of our outtakes from before we got on. Only you recorded the earlier ones. It's always a pleasure to be in your presence, in your company or in your conversation, MP. So thank you so much. And that's it for this week, Aligned You listeners. I will catch you next week. Bye for now. And that's it for today's episode, Aligned You listeners. Remember to hit the five-star ratings and share today's episode with your friends. And be sure to join our collective on Facebook and Instagram at Aligned You. Look forward to catching you next time. The information shared on Aligned You podcast is of general nature and for information purposes only. It is not specific medical or personal advice. You should seek assistance from your healthcare practitioner for your individual circumstances. Any information provided doesn't imply endorsement or third-party devices or products and cannot provide you with health and medical advice.